What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my one co-host, Michael Nellen. We have another great show for you guys. Before that, please take a moment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod. Mike, man, we made it through an entire Premier League season, entire European season, or the football in general. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have a Champions League final to get wrapped up here. Um, but a couple other notes. Mourinho is the first coach to win the Europa Conference League. Pretty impressive, so honestly. Now, for Now won all three major European titles. Yeah. Frankfurt uh, won the Europa League. And we just have Real and Liverpool decide the Champions League. Start right there. Screw it. Why not? Who do you think is winning it and why? Yeah. Um, I mean, Liverpool just came off probably one of the debatably the best seasons ever for a Premier League club, probably not to win. I find to take a wild guess. Um, they look really, really good, really informed. Real Madrid look really, really good, really informed. I don't know who wants it more. The team that just got boned out of getting the Premier League or title or the team that just got boned out of getting their star player for the next 10 years. So we'll... We'll see what happens. Um, I honestly think this is a revenge game for Liverpool based on that whole Salah-Ramos issue. And I think Liverpool will be too much in the midfield for and up top for Real Madrid to handle. I think it'll be a pretty high-scoring game because I think Real has that ability. But especially if you think about Trent Alexander-Arnold versus Vinny Jr., he's going to light him up. So... I think it'll be high scoring, but I think ultimately it'll be a Real Madrid, or excuse me, a Liverpool one. I feel you. I'm actually going to differ with you on that one. Um, mostly just because Liverpool have had a great, a great club season, great, uh, great Premier League season. The other two trophies they won though, both on penalty shootouts and both went nil, nil matches. Um, mm-hmm. I, it, it's like, when they get into those big games, it just doesn't seem like they have enough to get by. And Chelsea, Granted, yes, third place, but there's times they did not look very spectacular in both of those uh, outings. And uh, Real doesn't die. Real does not so, die. I, I, I'm, I'm probably actually going to bet on them too. Like I really, I really think they take it. Um, I don't know. One, it could be an extra time. It could be on pens, but I wouldn't be shocked if Liverpool goes up 2-0 in this game and all of a sudden Real storms back 3-2 winners. You think Real shows out in Paris just as Mbappe watches on? <laughs> God, that'd be oh, how funny would that be? Just an absolutely just slap to his face. Mm. What could have been? What could have been? Yeah, I mean, let's. I mean, speaking of, we kind of already foreshadowed it right there. But yeah, Mbappe turns down Real. We we talked about this last week. He was going to make the decision before international break. Um, he made it literally the day, next move? day, little when we recorded. But um, was it really? I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean. Her, <laughs> Like personally, I wanted him to go to Real Madrid. I think that's the same ultimate here. proving ground is the Bernabeu and to be able to play in the same pedigree at players in their top form and peak of their careers. And you put the likes of like Zidane in there, um, other French players that have put on a shirt. Um, I mean, I I get it. Like you're getting offered state money, like millions and millions of dollars. You're getting offered the ability to control the club from the inside out at age, what, 22, 23. Um, you, I mean, dude, listen, that's generational wealth. He like, his yeah, great, I mean, great, great, exactly. Great. You'll never, you can't turn that down. So I don't know what set that says more about Mbappe. I don't know what that says more about PSG and the fact that they have that type of ability and finances and what it says for the rest of the team and games where you're ultimately only going to see teams like city PSG, Newcastle, and any other, I guess, state-owned club at this point, be able to ultimately pull in talent now. 
just because they can offer those insane wages. And to that point, who's going to turn that down? Because, you know, it's, it's hard, especially if you're like a 22 year old kid. And I totally get it to say no to that type of wealth and that type of ability where financially you could just change lot your life and the lives around you. So. Oh, absolutely. I, and everyone that's criticizing from like, you've never been in this place. Like you're, you're telling me you'd say no to like 600, 700 million, bro. Get, get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm exactly. Sorry. And I thought what was even funnier was Real Madrid and not even Real Madrid, but La Liga itself came out and was like, oh, this is they're trying to sue and they're trying to say <laughs> this is ridiculous and they're, you know, monopolizing players and yada, yada. But meanwhile, Real Madrid over the past couple of years has literally that's been their game plan. <laughs> and now yeah, they have somebody competing with them and they're crying about it, which is quite ironic. But it's not like Real Madrid won't get theirs. You know, they got Rudiger in the summer or even earlier. They got shoot too many as the midfielder. Um, I'm yeah, sure they'll probably get another that. striker realistically to compliment Vinny. So they'll be just. If you forget, like Mbappe will be 25 when this contract expires. 25. He, there, there's He'll, no way Real Madrid will go back to him. I, I can't see it happening. I'm not, I'm not saying in general for Real. I'm just yeah. anywhere. Like he just got life changing money and will still be out of that contract by the time he is fully like in his prime. Oh, and he'll, and, he'll, and, he'll, and he'll still get. The same contract anywhere else he goes when he resigns somewhere he will yeah so like bro like good for you you got the bag and you're winning like every in every sense now go get that champions league that's like well now that that, he has the chance now to be a legend for yeah yes at his hometown in paris so i don't blame him for that but oh dude absolutely yeah i i have zero qualms with that like did i personally want to see him at real because i think it's a better challenge for him like a better a better step up in a league you know Mm -hmm. a higher yeah absolutely yeah Dude, you don't, you don't turn that down. Like there's anyone turning that money down is idiotic. You're lying. You're lying to yourself. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, there's no. You know what? Honestly, the weirdest part about the whole situation is for me. Um, first of all, I saw Neymar to Chelsea trending on Twitter for about a solid 48 hours, which is like. (laughs) Um, and second, Messi's not the guy on his own team anymore. No, that's weird. No. Like growing up watching him and Ronaldo, like I, for, for instance, let's kind of put it into perspective. What Messi and Ronaldo were to their teams is someone like Jeter to the Yankees for like a USA perspective, like kind of like a legendary status he has. That's what Mbappe um, wants to be for PSG, and I don't blame him. He has that opportunity literally laid out in front of him. They're giving him the yeah. keys to the kingdom. So, so yeah, this, I mean, to see Messi not being the guy in, in, in on his own club team anymore is like insane to me, but. I, eventually, you know, five of the time is is undefeated. He is undefeated. He bats a he thousand. <laughs> Bastard. Except Tom Brady. He, Tom Brady's still winning. <laughs> He's, he made a deal with the devil. There's no other way. That's <laughs> <laughs> no shot. <laughs> um, congrats to AC Milan win the Scudetto over in uh, Italy. To my knowledge, I was their first one since 09010 or 010. It's been um, a while. Yeah, it's been a it's while. Been, it's been a hell. It's been over a decade for them. So great to see them back and uh, back on top of the table. And um, just in general, the Italian race this year is really good up until basically the last yeah probably three weeks or so. It was like almost like a four team race for the most part. Yeah, it was very good. So awesome season over there, which has been pretty lopsided recently. Um, Spurs and Conte getting backed with a bunch of money finally. It's the first time in a long time. About 150 million is reported. Mike. Yeah. What's your take? Um, they are really, really trying to, you know, show what they got for Conte. I mean, that is, I think the first cash injection they've had, uh, from the owners since probably 
the club has been bought realistically. Um, they operate typically since on the a bail funds. Yeah, oh. since they, they operate literally on a shoestring budget. So to see them go to, to bat for this uh, 150 mil, that's not even taking into account player um, player sales upcoming this summer. It's not taking into account Champions League qualification. Not taking into account the TV revenue they got, the tickets and revenue they got from the game day themselves. Um, honestly, that, that 150 mil is probably closer to 200, 220 mil. If I didn't take a wild guess when you factor all that stuff in. Um, yeah, they're, they're showing content. They mean business. And from a Spurs perspective, very selfishly, it's going to be a very fun summer to watch to see who they go after. Um, I think they can make some serious, serious splashes. Any reason for Kane to leave anymore? Or you think he's definitely staying for long term? No, now that Holland's at City, where's he going to go? Man U? No, it's a sinking club right now. It's going through a whole reshape. Ten Hag's going to do his own thing. Uh, he's not going to go to Chelsea, um, obviously. He's not going to go to um, Liverpool. They can't. They wouldn't afford that, and they wouldn't want to pay for that. So I think he stays put. He sees what's around him, sees the money coming in. There's absolutely no reason why he should leave at this point in time. Might as well ride it's it out. Much, it's what he begged for over the last couple of seasons anyway. So Yeah, might as well ride it out. And then uh, last but not least, uh, Chelsea bit officially, I guess, accepted by the Premier League and everything. So that should be done, it looked like, probably within the next week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so good to be that. That, that drama is finally over at Stanford Bridge, and we move on. Another so, L for Arsenal, who thought they were getting into Champions League if the bid didn't come through. <laughs> So I saw a lot of people on Arsenal fans on Twitter, like, oh, we what if we go through these possibilities of X, Y, like, you know, the meme of uh, Charlie Jim of like where he's like doing like he has like the the yarn strings and he's like trying to scatter. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's literally what it reminded me of. Just like they're all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. Uh, let's head over to our Stars and Stripes section. We covered United States men's national team players across the globe. Uh, first off, Aaron's in the lead is about 30 million reported. I think it, personally, dude, I think it's an excellent move. Uh, I think he would fit the team extremely well. He's already played with uh, Marsha as, as his manager before too. I I think it's an excellent move. I think he fits the play style over there. Everything about it. Do I think he's a little bit undersized for the Premier League? Absolutely. Do I yeah. think that can stop him from becoming who I think he is as possible? No, not at all. And um, to my knowledge, I think it would be the second highest transfer fee for an American. Obviously, Pulisic being the first. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure. I don't know how I feel about this move, honestly, because I think Aronson is a, is a great player. I, I really do. And he definitely fits the Leeds play style really well. But I do think he is still a little too small for the Premier League. And I can see him very easily getting bullied off the ball a lot. Um, not to say he can't. I feel like that's a good next whatnot, step for him, though, but at the same time. I don't know if that's the next step he needs. I, I would have honestly preferred him to be in Germany, if, I, if I'm going to be frank and go through the Red Bulls Academy or go through another team where it's almost like a proven ground already for American soccer players where they come up where the Premier League, obviously certain players have paved their way, but they were more or less in their prime at that point at the peak of their powers. Right. I'm not sure Aronson's at that point and I don't want to see him set up for failure. That's, that's where I'm kind of getting at, especially in a Leeds team that came this close to relegation this past year. I don't know what role or spot he fills is like maybe Rafinha leaves and that's what they're spending their money on. Honestly, I think Leeds should be spending their money on a different American by the name of John Brooks, who's out of contract to help shore up defenses. If that's where they're going to spend their money on or any defender for that matter. But that's my, I can see where you're definitely. So no, I, 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 I agree with, I agree with definitely certain points in there. 
Um, I think he would take in the Rodrigo role that as the number ten, kind of like in mm-hmm. behind. Hopefully, you know, a healthy Bamford coming up this next season. Yeah, I think those two could thrive like, um, yeah, really, really well together. Yeah. Um, Rafinha, obviously, if he stayed, awesome. But to my knowledge, is is he going to uh, get courted by Barca? Yeah, he's getting courted pretty hard. Yeah. Okay. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I I think it's an excellent move for him. Another step up for him. Um, it's we'll, definitely we'll a step up. It's a hundred percent a step up. So. So. Yeah. Only time will tell. But I think he, if he was going to choose a team to to go in the Premier League, I, I think he hit a nail like spot on one hundred percent leads. Um, West back playing for Juve. Great time to see with international break coming up. Uh, Waya, dude, I feel like every time right before national national team duty, he always goes off. He heats uh, up. Another, another yeah. two goals for Leeds and a man uh, for Leeds, Leal, uh, Leal, and a uh, man of the match performance for them in a two-two draw to finish off the season. Uh, P. Folk, Golden Boot winner in Switzerland. Awesome to see. Um, you think he makes a transfer move or he stays there? Dude, I was thinking about that too pre podcast. I was going to bring that up. I don't know. I feel like he's he's in a great situation over there at the same time, though. Like, go test yourself at a top five league, also. Yeah. Like he, he he still he still showed up in the Champions League too, so guy, it, I think it's definitely possible. But, I can see him going to like a low, not lower level, but like a one tier A French club. I'll say that because he does he is like from my understanding, he's got like French parents or something like that. He speaks fluent French. I think if he went back to France, maybe played for. You know, Jonathan David going out, they would bring in P folk hypothetically. You know, a team like that at that wheel level or like right maybe just above, just below. I think that's where he could do some damage. Yeah, I don't disagree. It, it, he's in a weird spot. Like he like young boy seems to play around him and he and he does that poaching role extremely well for him. Mm-hmm. So you, I think you'd have to pick and choose his clubs. He's not like a like someone like a Harry Kane who can sit there and create for himself, maybe at the top of the box, exactly. drive in. Like yeah. that's not that's just not his playing style. Mm-hmm. So he has to go to a team with, that's very good at providing. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, unless he's playing against Mexico, he's, he's a good finisher. So, <laughs> um, I'd throw it in there. That's rude. I'm sorry. My bad, people. If you're listening, you're probably not ever. But um, Tyler Adams wins the uh, DFK Pokal with Red Bull Leipzig. Vito's yep. not here. But I said it correctly. You did. Wow. Congrats. Hey, it only took uh, 49 episodes. Um, <laughs> Ricardo Pepe, yet to score in the Bundesliga. What's your take on this one, man? Uh, a lot of people were happy with the transfer. I personally, for once, wasn't. I thought Augsburg just wasn't the team form. I would have loved to have seen him go to like an Ajax or a Dortmund, um, something along those lines, who are great at developing the youth. Um, too soon to just judge him, though? I mean, the kid's young as hell. 19, I, think too, I, think. I think too soon to judge, definitely, but I, I agree with you. I think the Bundesliga – while we were just saying that it's great for developing American talent for him in particular, the teams that were courting him, like the IXs and those types of academies, I think that's where he should have gone when he had, he was given the opportunity if that, if those rumors yep. were true. Um, I mean, it's again, I think time will, his time will come. He will get on the goal sheet. He will score goals. Um, I honestly haven't watched uh, the team that he's on play too much, but I feel like, you know, it's, you know, it's a new culture. It's a new system, everything. So it's hard to judge, oh, yeah. especially coming in mid midway and it's in the January transfer window. So, yeah, it's it never needs January transfers are, are already kind of hard to adjust to a lot of li- uh, life in a new league and everything. So mm-hmm. it'll take some time. He's also on a struggling team, which maybe doesn't produce as well to get for him to get in front of net as, as many opportunities. So 
Yeah. Um, yes, I haven't watched him a ton over there. I've, I've caught a few games. Look disjointed, but it happens. Um, Cameron Carter-Vickers, what do you think his, his future is like? Um, obviously, uh, he's, he, called, he got called into the United States national team for the first time in a while. Was yeah. player of the year, not player of the year. Uh, team Made the team of the year over in Scotland. And he was on loan there from Spurs, right? Correct? Yeah, I'm pretty positive from what I've been reading online is they're going to get like the six or I think it's like a six to $10 million fee for him, which in my opinion, I, you know, for Celtic, I think that's a steal. And then also I think for Spurs, it's good business because he was a, through the Academy homegrown player and for them. So I think it's good business all around. And Car- Carter Vickers also gets to be, you know, the starting center back on a champions league playing team now. So I don't see the negatives here. I think it's a great move all around for everybody. Agreed. Agreed. And last up, uh, Buzio and Tanner Tessman uh, get relegated with Venezia. Um, also, the United States men's national team B team, it feels like. They, they're always looking at Americans. Uh, they have American owners. Anything there you think do – maybe maybe Tessman, I would see him staying. It's like he was like a guaranteed starter every weekend, week out over there. Buzio, though, um, so, he showed enough over in Italy that he gets a move. I read a report, and I don't know how accurate it was, but it stated that in his clause – for his contract, if they got relegated, he had the ability to go free on loan. So interesting. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with him. Um, I think he probably will get picked up. He's still young. He's made a lot of appearances for them over the season. I think he showed his worth, at least for like a, a mid tier Italian team to probably take a chance. So I don't see why a team wouldn't take a hard look at him if they need a midfielder for depth. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I think he deserves a move. I thought he kind of balled out a little bit for him uh, at certain times throughout the year. And he was carrying a midfield and being like the rock for a team that, yes, they got relegated. So I want to say he did the most amazing job. But like without him, I feel like it would have been a hell of a lot worse for him. Yeah. No, there's definitely a couple of moments too where he's produced like big moments in their run up to prior being prior being relegated. So agreed, agreed. Um, so let's head over, man. We had so much happen in the Premier League this season. Um, and this last week in general, it's very rare for a league title not to be decided up until the last 15 minutes of the season, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Um, I literally bought – I want you to know, and everybody listening, the, the 10 people that are, I literally bought Wi-Fi on my plane ride home just to watch this. So <laughs> it was quite exhilarating. The people on the airplane thought I was terrified, terrifying. So <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice. Uh, heading through the match real quick, we had uh, Chelsea-Watford. Uh, Chelsea took that one home. Uh, late goal from Ross Barkley. Uh, 2-1. Arsenal, 5-1 winners over Everton. Uh, unfortunately for them, Tottenham will get to that. They Tottenham won 5-0 against Norwich, so Tottenham mm-hmm. is in Champions League, and Arsenal down to Europa. Uh, on the relegation side, Leeds, big, big 2-1 winners. Jesse Marsh and them stay up in the Premier League. Unfortunately for Burnley, 2-1 loss to Newcastle, and they are going down with Norwich and Watford. Uh, Brighton 3-1 winners over West Ham. West Ham takes Europa Conference League instead of uh, Europa League, which halfway through the day uh, with Manu's loss to Crystal Palace, they were actually going to bump that bump Manu down to Conference League. But unfortunately for them, they gave up three unanswered goals, if I remember correctly. Right? I didn't get to see yeah, that. All three second, yeah. all three second half goals in that one. Yeah. So they are down in Conference League instead. They made it to the semis of the Europa League, so it'd be great to see them make a nice run at that next year and possibly take home the trophy. Mm-hmm. Leicester four and winners over Southampton. Nothing in that one too much. Um, both teams had nothing to really play for. And then the last two games. <laughs> My lord. 
This is insane. Um, obviously, we all know by now, Man City took home the title. They were 3-2 winners over Aston Villa. Liverpool won 3-1 over Wolves. Dude, I thought I thought Gerard and Coutinho were about to pull off this crap. This is insane. Well, I mean, we predicted a potential Coutinho goal, right? It happened. It wasn't the curler on his right foot to the right top corner, but it was still a Coutinho goal where he had a sweet little pullback and then a nice little shot that froze Ederson. And it wasn't just, you know, obviously the game and the goal that happened, but everything in real time where City go down to nothing at that point. Within a five-minute span or even, I think it was like a seven-minute span, they just hit another gear like nobody's hit another fucking gear. Like just exploded, exploded all over Aston Villa. And even at that time too, I believe Liverpool, if I'm not mistaken, was still tied in their game. They were still tied. And as City was scoring the third goal, they were taking lead against Wolves. So it was, yeah. it was almost like simultaneous for the most part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the time, so it really didn't matter exactly yet. Like City still had the title, even even with the loss at that point. Yeah. Um, but but uh, I mean... Uh, Unbelievable. Gunduan, excuse me. I mean, to come in, be subbed in, have two goals like that in literally what felt like two minutes. Um, It it, it was an amazing, amazing thing to watch. Like the place I've never seen, and this is saying a lot, I have never seen Man City's atmosphere erupt like that. Like that was by far the loudest I have ever heard that stadium in my life since I've been watching the Premier League. Um, And that's not a dig on City in a sense. But, I mean, those fans were jacked, jacked up. And you kind of felt like, too, once City scored that first one, like – Oh, you knew it was happening. You, you knew you it. Knew you, it. You, yeah, like it was, it was written. It was absolutely written out. Almost 10 years, too, to the Aguero uh, famous goal and famous celebration. It's it was just – man. It was just too perfect of a scenario to, like, not happen. The Premier League scriptwriters, well done. <laughs> All year long, and they, they do – they capped it off. Like, honestly, Netflix – I don't think they can pay him enough, but they should hire him. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're doing man. It's nuts out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, props to Liverpool. Like you mentioned earlier in the show, I, they – to It's, come it's up harsh. With, it's really harsh on them. 92 points. I think the one year they lost, though, was like they even had 97, I think, right? The one year yeah. they had top 100. So, like, yeah, it's, it's nothing to be – dude, 92 points. You go back the entire length of the Premier League for 30 years. That's winning your titles. That's winning yeah. a title every year almost. Yeah. Like, and you're just running up against a brick wall. Yeah, man, it's it's insane. Um, I'm curious. Actually, I'm very curious about this from you. Uh, kind of an opinion. So after the match, um, obviously Pep's gonna get peppered with questions. I didn't mean that, that sounded weird, but um, <laughs> got answered. Had to answer a lot of questions. The one big one where he kind of came back at or clapped back, I guess, towards Liverpool, was saying it's more impressive to win the Premier League or the Champions League. You have to be good for 38 games rather than winning six or seven. Yeah. I think they're both equally amazing achievements. One's more consistency over amount of time. Yep. One is just you're being the best competition. So that's also an amazing feat. Do you think there's give or take on either one of them? Like a knock? So I was thinking about this and that was actually a a quote that I was kind of struggling to come to terms with, like, which is technically harder, right? Because you do have to play those less amount of games in the Champions League. But in my opinion, the Premier League is the hardest league in the world. I do think there is the most parity of competition, right? Like you have the most teams that are level with each other and any other team could beat any team on its day. Like it does in other leagues, it just doesn't happen really. So 
with that in mind, I see exactly where Pep's coming from. And I honestly kind of agree with him because especially when you're playing these opponents week in, week out, and you have to be that consistent when you have a team that's pushing you to the very, very end to the last 10 minutes, I, I get that. So I, I almost want to side with him about that in, in general, but the Champions League is, you know, it's, it's obviously prestigious, but I, you can make the case more prestigious, but is it harder? That I don't know about. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, dude. I honestly, I, I kind of agree with Pep on that scenario. I listen, I've been lucky. I've been fortunate enough to be a Chelsea fan. Um, pre Ramovich money like can we just want to state that out there um didn't didn't know about it going on i was i was sitting here across the pond so um i've had i've been fortunate enough to watch him win both the premier league and the champions league a couple times if they won either one of them next year i wouldn't be sad that they lost the other like i'd, yeah. I'd like i'd still be equally as like yeah of course it's a major my, trophy it's a major major trophy like so i the only thing i could say from a city perspective is they haven't won the Champions League yet. And I think they're just yearning for it. Exactly. It's all. Ex- that's exactly what I thought. Is he's saying that to like make himself feel better about crashing out? In my opinion, multiple times a city um, after all the money they spent. But I, I do think there is merit in what he's saying, and I, I do think logically he's probably correct. It is a harder achievement to do. Is yeah, to you win. have to be on top of your game literally week in, week out. Like that's that's not easy. Like the concentration level that takes for the players and the coaching staff and everyone involved. That that's yeah. That's that's massive. I mean, if you're not excited to play on a Champions League Tuesday or Wednesday night in the middle, like middle of the week, like I'm sorry, you have something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. So like, you know your levels, your, your levels and anticipation and hype and anxiety, they're already through the roof. Like you, any player that's not like just get off the field at that point, it could sometimes be hard to go away to Norwich City and then get excited for that game. Yeah, I get it. So. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think, I think the Premier League is probably more difficult to obtain and not, it's not obviously a knock on the Champions League by any means because you have to beat the best teams in Europe, like that will all accomplish something similar to you. Um, it's just less games. And I think that's a, it's an, you know, I think that's an advantage. I, I do think that's an advantage. Yeah. Cause so. I feel like there's a lot more, I don't want to say luck, but I feel like you can game plan as much as you can, but then like, you know, something, just magical something happens in the champions league and that just totally changes the tide whereas the premier league like again like it's that consistency factor so i yeah that's that's my opinion on it but we we were we were 15 minutes away from goal differential deciding it 38 games into the season we could not decide a winner besides just how yeah. many goals it, uh, like that that that's insane to me yeah at one point finished it off yeah so hell of a season for them hell of a season for pep um Liverpool too, like they they both were just outstanding. So they're in a tier for we said it last week. Yeah, it's amazing to watch. It's them and then the rest of the league right now. No, it's not even close. Yeah, it's not even close. So, um, the beginning of the podcast, if anyone's been listening along the entire way, we hope you are. You like us that much. (laughs) Um, we did make some predictions this past season of what we thought was going to happen versus obviously what did happen and occur. Spoiler alert, we definitely didn't get them all right. <laughs> but we didn't get them all wrong either. Mm. So just kind of rip through them real quick. We all had the same top four, just different order. We all had Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, and Man U making into it. Obviously, Man U not. Spurs are up there. 
Um, relegation, we differed in there. I had Watford, Southampton, Newcastle. Um, getting one out of three correct. Yeah. You had Watford, Brentford, Newcastle. But to be fair, Watford. at that at that point in time, that was pre Newcastle takeover money, and up until January, they looked like we were looking utter, good, utter dog shit. All right, no, they were utter dog shit. <laughs> and then Bruno comes in and just goes, "Not today." <laughs> so. No, no, no. And then Vito had Watford, Brentford, Brighton, so we all had Watford in there. Um, Brighton, I don't know what the kid was smoking, to be honest with you, but he's also not here to defend himself, so he's gonna be bagged on for that one. <laughs> uh, top scorer, I had Lukaku. That, um, that panned out really me. well for you. That, that one, good. that one, <laughs> <laughs> good one. <laughs> Vito, Vito also had him, so I don't <laughs> Good job, Vito. <laughs> well done, claps it up. Um, you had Kane. Not a horrible one. I think he ended up what season 17, 18 goals, so not too from, far. The from page. the beginning of where he started to under Nuno to with Conte, he he really turned it on at the back half. Yeah, he probably he probably easily could have broken broken that uh or won that without yeah. uh without a question. Uh top assists. I don't know what I was smoking with that. James Madison. I don't even know if he was in the top like 15 or 20. Um, yeah, you were you were off there, buddy. That was a reach. That was a reach, and I was trying to go for glory and it failed. Uh, you and Vito both had Kevin De Bruyne, who ironically didn't have that many assists this year. I think he only uh, only had ten, or was tied wow. for tenth. Wow, what a slow year for him! Only ten assists. <laughs> Bro, no, I'm sorry. I think he had eight assists, tied for tenth, though. My, my apologies. Still, even for him, like he is a savage. Um, there's a reason for it. Clean sheets. Uh, I did get this one right out of Allison. Um, you had Ederson. I think they Edison. shared. Did, did they not share? Or no. I don't think they did. Did they? I thought I, I thought Allison took it. I have to look it up. And then Vito also had Allison. Um, correct. No, you are right. They are right. They did share. Each had 20. Yep. My apologies. I just saw I just saw Allison's face on there. He's number one. I got excited maybe. Didn't look for number two. Mm. Um, this is where it kind of gets interesting a little bit. Surprise player and team of the year. They didn't have to be the same player on or the, say the team. Same player and team. Um, I went Aston Villa as my surprise team. Kind of backfired there. Um, one Villa also, so that backfired on me as well. I mean, you would think with all, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. There's whatever. Maybe next year with Jard and who they're bringing in, like a full year. Yeah, I do. They seem like a lock for that. Like I could have swore. Like people were even. I mean, I had them as like a dark horse if they were like going to be nuts, like to finish like like conference league. Yeah. I was very confident in that one. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, my surprise or breakout player of the year, Saeed Ben Rama. He had a good year. He had a good, he had a good year. year. Like I, I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna say he was like you know ridiculous but i mean eight goals six assists started 70 percent of the games for for west ham and team that made conference league i'm all right with that prediction i think i, I think i did uh fared pretty well with it i would agree um for you have you we mentioned Aston villa pats and daca if he would have gotten the same amount of time as ben rama i think he does relatively similar if not better i think i was a season ahead a season a season early a season early on pats and daca We'll write that one down for you this year coming up. <laughs> I'm not going to do the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take him. <laughs> um, and then I don't know what the hell Vito thought the question was back in the day. <laughs> his surprise team was West Ham. I guess maybe if they made Champions League. Um, mm-hmm. And then Harry Kane. And then he goes, and then like an asterisk goes, if he joins City. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really wish he was here to defend himself. It would have been so much better. <laughs> Um, let down of the season, 
for play, or a team of the season and player. Um, I had Everton. You were spot, Yeah, good for you, dude. That was that was a <laughs> hell of a fucking call there. Um, I maybe mean, I figured them to be bottom of the table, not not like the uh or bottom half, not not in relegation troubles. And then I also picked Grealish. I didn't think he was gonna make, live up to the price tag, at least in year one. Um, yeah, and obviously he definitely didn't. But if I had to play breakout player of the year for next year, like he might he might be on my list, honestly. Um, let down team. You had Arsenal. That's debatable, given where they were. That's again half a season. I'm just saying. I'm just not even like. Look, they made Europa League, which is all fine and great, but the way they ended it, I'm throwing that out there right now. (laughs) Halfway through the season, that was that was a very good, very good pick, Michael. So unfortunately, they played two halves. Yeah, very unfortunate. But you did nail the, the the player, let down player for them, Obama Yang. He didn't even make it all the way through the season. Ended up going to Barcelona. Again, I think basically what the mutual mutual uh, termination of the contract. And then not only that, but but he bowled out for Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> so take oh. take that with a grain of salt. But <laughs> but he didn't for Arsenal. That's all that matters. And then uh, let down team the season uh, and player for Vito Wolves. Wrong. Uh, Rashford. Rashford. Right. Right, yeah. definitely yeah. well done there. Um, we also picked our managers of the season. I based mine off Chelsea possibly winning the damn thing and Lukaku not sucking, and I went Tuchel, so wrong. Yep. Um, you went Pep, right? It's, it's kind of hard to mess that one up. Yeah, yeah. and Vito gave us two options, Guardiola <laughs> or Tuchel. So. Wow, good job, Vito. Clap. Well done. Throw, <laughs> throw, throw clap in there too, man. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and then we, the last thing we did was uh the first manager sacked you and me both went with uh zisco which uh to our want, if we want for manager yeah i want for manager uh was correct and then Vito really didn't believe in patrick uh patrick Vieira and crystal palace um mom was wrong again mom was wrong again he was actually probably he was a candidate wasn't he a candidate for manager of the year <laughs> he might have been actually <laughs> he definitely should he had a phenomenal year with Crystal Palace. Um, speaking of dark horses for the fuck next year, if they can keep some players, but oh my god, that they're they're 100 gonna be my my team for next year. I do they if they if they can somehow pull back Connor Gallagher, like well, I think Tuchel's already said that he is gonna try to keep him at the club. So we'll see what happens. Depends what Connor wants. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> if you had any um I want to, I guess, way, way, way too early predictions for next uh, this coming season. Anything big that stands out to you? What about this season? Let's focus on this season first. Why are you jumping ahead into the future? I'm kind of curious. Surprise, surprise team, surprise players. Like, now that everything's wrapped up and you had a chance to digest it, what are some of the thoughts on that? I still haven't digested it, bro. There's too much. Uh Uh-huh. I'd have to say surprise team for me. It's definitely a toss-up, but I honestly feel that it have to be crystal palace i was tooting their horn all season i did not think they'd be as good as they nearly were and it was close for that in brentford for me to be frank um, or to be thomas frank as a good dad joke pun <laughs> but, <laughs> that was well an intense that was an intense eye roll <laughs> um, well um but yeah i i really do think Patrick Vieira um, and that Crystal Palace team, I thought they'd be a lot lower than where they were. Um, and I think Palace played a lot better than the sum of their parts. And 
I yeah, wouldn't Yu-Gi-Oh, give it. Yu-Gi-Oh weren't big on them preseason. I, that was one of the few no. teams I, I I really actually liked. Um, I I I mean I don't have the podcast in front of me right now, but I'm pretty sure I said I thought they were gonna be top half of the table. They just missed it by like two points. It looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you guys weren't big on them preseason. I was actually kind of shocked. I thought you guys were would be on board with that one. Yeah, um, but I I would give an honorable mention to Brentford there because they obviously had a first year in, in what like 50, 60 years in the Premier League and they pull what they pulled out of their ass. Granted, you know, they went through a big lull period in the middle of the season, but once they signed Erickson, everything just clicked for them. And to see them finish where they finished was mightily impressive. And it'd be really interesting to see if they can hold on to Erickson too in the summer. So. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Crystal Palace definitely one of the better shocks of the season. Um, Just how well they played. I mean, listen, they're bottom half of the table, technically Mm -hmm. still plus four goal differential. Like they, if they, the amount of draws that they had or losses by one goal. If they, they could have, they could have easily swung like to the top half, like not even a question. They were, they had 40, 48 points West Ham that made conference league at 56. Yeah. They could have easily, they could have easily. That, that was doable for them. It was. It absolutely was. They had some pretty heartbreaking draws, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They really they, did. Yeah, big time. So, I mean, Definitely my my way too early prediction for them would be to to make something definitely top half of the table, if not try to somehow ch- the challenge. I don't want to say get, but just challenge for a European spot. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I agree on Crystal Palace. The other shock one, I get you'd have to go Brighton, I feel like. Yes. Um, their highest their highest Premier League finish. They start the year off hot. They went through also like Brighton, a very, very big uh lull midway through the season, especially in the winter months. Yeah. Um and for they the still love- finish top half. For the love of God, if anybody on the Brighton board happens to listen to this, get Graham Potter a proper striker. Please, please do it. One time. One time for the guy. Like, like Neil Malpe is great and all. He's a great little shithead, and he likes to get in people's faces, and it's fun to watch every once in a while when he riles somebody up. Welbeck's a crafty veteran. I love Welbeck. But you need somebody in there who can consistently just – finish nonstop who isn't injured who's able to come in and create something out of nothing um Moises Caicedo he could be that he's young raw talented but you just get the feeling like if they had somebody to just put away some of these chances and just be more clinical I mean Graham Potter and Brighton Stock could just rise even further exponentially yeah five points off a European spot behind West Ham yeah I mean it's there They're right there it's it's there We shall see. Um, what team disappoints you the most? Um, I mean, do you want to obviously say Everton, or do I like? Is there any other answer to that? <laughs> I was gonna uh, if I finished the question, I was gonna say uh, besides the obvious uh, one in Everton. Um, for me, Leeds. I thought they dropped off so far. Again, they were injury ravaged throughout most of the season. Yeah, they they went through the injury bug hard and the fact that they stayed up i think that's a really good testament to their team their style their fight and i'd love to see what they do next season i think they i think they have a nice really nice bounce back yeah i mean if you look at it i guess you know without everton the team with the biggest disappointing season to me i'd probably have to go with man U. um i think man U just given with what they spent what they did over the summer you know, all the good vibes I had coming in, Ronaldo coming back, Veron coming in. Oh my god, <laughs> Alex, Alex Alex Tellez. Um, I mean, they had all of these players, right? And then they just fell fall from grace 
really that feels like four players. summers ago already yeah it's right like they had such a oh, their season was terrible i feel bad for any man you fans out there i mean that was so horrible to watch given like the expectations they had uh, as a neutral fan it, it was hysterical but as a man <laughs> i'm sure it was terrible <laughs> but you know i'm just saying for a club of that stature to be playing what is it conference league now or europa league no they're europa they just snuck europa. it out but well, I mean, didn't really again, just snucking, sneaking it out for them. I, Rashford had an off year. Sancho, you could debatably say, was a, the biggest bust of the year, right? Could have been, yeah. Could have put that one in there. I mean, I don't know. I think they'll be good under Ten Hag, but it's gonna it's gonna take time. So they they were probably my biggest letdown. I'd agree with that. I mean, everyone everyone had them pretty much in Champions League, and if not, maybe like a outside dark horse kind of shot at the title if Ronaldo went, you know, bonkers mm-hmm. all year. He, which he did. He did do his job. He just doesn't play defense. So. I mean, like. He doesn't he have, yeah, I get it. Um, any kind of, I mean, we kind of mentioned our, our own player, personal players that we thought were going to break out this year. Anyone that really surprised you kind of took the next leap as a, as a Premier League talent? I mean. I'd say Jared Bowen. Bowen, I, Bowen was definitely on my list. Jared um, Bowen. Holden, I feel like took his, took his talents to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, really start this like, yes, he we know he's on Man City, they're on the championship team, but like he's starting to stand out more and he's even starting to control more, games, like control yeah, games, yeah, versus just being a new, new young player kind of situation. So, those are definitely two on my list. Anyone else that kind of really, um, can so definitely, definitely Bowen. If we look at people outside the top six, um, or the, yeah, the top four, top six, whatever, I think Bowen had a phenomenal, phenomenal year and. I think it's only a matter of time before you might see somebody come for him and swoop in for him, given he's English also. Um, he's he's a great player, phenomenal player. Um, beyond that, another player, if I had to take a, take a stab, I guess, at who else I thought had a really good year? Um, Mine was Connor Gallagher. Thought he did phenomenal for Crystal Palace. Controlled the mid, did everything they needed for him. Gallagher, for Gallagher was really good. I think... Joel Cancelo was pretty, pretty amazing. He was baller as well. I think he was pretty, pretty damn amazing. So, what do you think? Um, just kind of a little, little out of the blue. I, I just, just popped in my head. He was a big transfer target in the beginning of the year. Uh, Declan Rice. What do you think happens with him at West Ham? I think they're going to try to hold on to him as long as I can. But I don't know if he wants to. He wants to stay. You know, if he wants to be playing Conference League football, because I do think he's better than that. And I do think he knows he's better than that. And I could easily see him. If I, if I remember correctly, we were saying there's talks about like Conte's contract coming up right at Chelsea, right? Something along those that, lines. That, I mean, he's, he's, if I'm not mistaken, he's turning 30, 31. Uh, look, if now are piling up. If you want to, like if you're Chelsea, you got the new ownership. Now might be the time where, you know, maybe you consider selling Conte and then maybe if you can cash out at a proper number. And you bring in Declan Rice. It makes sense too. In that position. I think that would probably be the next logical move for him because I don't really see him going anywhere else. Speaking of Chelsea, Pulisic. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't touch upon this actually. I completely forgot about it. Um, so there were leaks of his Instagram potentially taking Chelsea FC out of the bio. Um, there are people saying that he never had it in the bio. Regardless of the fact, he's obviously had like a pretty up and down season for them. Him and Tuchel doesn't Tuchel says there's nothing wrong. Obviously, that's going to be for the cameras regardless. We don't know what's going on in the locker room. 
Christian's dad, you know, deleted some tweets, had some Twitter fingers. <laughs> um, interesting year for the kid. I remember correctly, I think I saw like a U.S. fan account retweet that from a non, uh, like an XG perspective per minute, Pulisic is one of the highest in the Premier League and over the past season. And you have to remember also, he is playing the majority of the season and what it felt like at that wingback role. He wasn't even playing in his preferred position. Correct. So I think not until like later on lately. Yeah. I think Pulisic kind of knows the writings on the wall and he probably needs to leave. I think that just added fuel and speculation to the, to the fire, but I'd be curious to see where he goes. Uh, I don't think his long-term future is at Chelsea as of this moment in time. So, yeah. I'm with you on that. It, it also feels, I mean, I'm not trying to get the, like take any blame off him for anything. He, you know, he's not a perfect player by any means or the most consistent sometimes, but I feel like when he fucks up, the world's on fire. Mason Mount has a bad game. He'll, he'll, he'll be back next time. Yeah. There's definitely a bias. Let's, let's say that. So I think if you ask the majority of Chelsea fans, who would they want to keep to, they'd probably say Mount over Pulisic. Oh yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't probably disagree with that at all. Um, I'm just saying, I, I find it very interesting that he performs quite often at a high level and yet, it's sometimes just not enough for everybody, which is weird. Like he has to almost keep proving himself constantly, like game in, game out. And like, if he, Godfrey doesn't score a goal, like, oh, not good enough. Should have finished the chance, that half chance with his left foot turned mm-hmm. around from goal. Like, weird. Yeah, I, I think he'll. Much I think I think he'll leave, but it'll be interesting to see now that Todd Bowley Bailey, whatever his name is, owns owns the club now as an American investor. And that's your American centerpiece. Does he want to consider selling him? Yeah, it, it's too good for marketing on this on the side to uh, in the U.S. and everything. It's mm-hmm. a little bit delicate, delicate of a situation, but we'll see. I mean, Pulisic's got to get as much game time as possible leading up to World Cup for uh, for United States perspective. So we'll find out. Um, surprise coach of the year? Anything that uh, anyone that stood out uh, specifically? Um, well, obviously we've mentioned Patrick Vieira. I think he did a phenomenal job with Palace. Beyond that, Graham Potter, again, another phenomenal year for Brighton. Um, biasly, I'm going to say Antonio Conte. After he got brought in, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was a surprise that he did what he did, but I feel like the way he was able to get the most out of the Spurs squad that was faltering at that moment in time and pushed them from, I think it was like eighth or ninth place, I was about into to say, that, I think it was into, as low as eighth at least. At, into that Champions League spot is nothing short of, honestly, a miracle where they were at at that moment in time. So You were down and out many times on this podcast. Yeah, down I, I, I really do think Conte should be considered in that, but just like as a neutral, but he won't get those plaudits. So I think it'd probably go to Vieira, realistically, or, or Potter, one of those two. Yeah, I, I agree. Those those are definitely top two. Bruno Large, uh, Large at He was good. Um, Wolves. Not good. horrible season. Yeah. Um, dude, this 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 statistic mind is mind boggling me. So they came in tenth place in the Premier League, a pretty good feat. Um, they averaged a goal a game on the dot, thirty eight <laughs> goals all year long. That's the only the only teams worse were all relegated. They only conceded forty three. The only teams better than that 
all in the Champions League. That is a crazy statistic. They just refuse. Are they like the modern day man's Burnley? They just refuse to score goals and let in goals. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's nuts. <laughs> but like, like think, like they scored thirty-eight goals and they got fifty-one points. They won fifteen games. That's. I don't know if to be How? impressed. I don't know if I'm impressed by that or scared for them in the following season. Like, dude, if they if they if they forgot how to score two a game. Are they not Champions League at that point? Like, I mean, you have to holy think. Crap. You have to think. Dude, so. that's nuts. I mean, how, like the amount of one nothing losses they had this year, or one nothing wins. Like, we we used to joke about it, but like that, like seeing those numbers now at the end of the season, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty incredible. Um, yeah, but I, I do want to take a second. So, obviously, we're talking about a bunch of other teams too, but. Um, Moment of silence, rest in peace to those relegated, the Norwiches, the Watfords, the Burnleys, and our listeners from there. Uh, we feel your pain. We're sorry. Uh, we don't actually feel the pain. We've never had this feel that yet. Yes, we feel bad for you. We feel bad for you. And I, I do sympathize. And hopefully your teams will do good in the championship next season. Well, Norwich has come back up. They're the best yo-yo club in, 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 uh, in history. In all of Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Watford might have to take a season or two. And Burnley, who knows? Um, well, the rumors are Vincent Company is now going to be their head coach, which is very I did, interesting. I so. did see that. I kind of, I actually do. I really like that a lot. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, those guys getting one-on-one coaching, and they're already pretty good defenders, big, staunchy guys at Burnley getting co- defending co- uh, information from Company. I'm still questionable about his ability to coach. I know he had Underlake in the Champions League, if I'm not mistaken, on two wild uh, Europa League, oh, Europa League. Sure. excuse me, Europa League, but. Um, It'll be interesting to see who they can keep hold of and what that team will look like in the championship next year. So, no, I, I agree with you. The big, I mean, the biggest thing for them is going to be definitely scoring goals as well. Um, but we saw towards the end of the year this year, like they have the ability. They they do have. Yeah, the I ability. don't want to say Dutch ever held them back, but it kind of felt like maybe this season was like the first time it it really felt like that. Yeah. Um, where that 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 play style of winning one nothing wasn't enough for them, and. Yeah, it was weird. They they almost just seemed they almost seemed to flourish when he was he wasn't got like he like like someone took the chains off or the like, yeah. You know what I mean, it was like they were finally freed, literally finally freed. And it makes Which it is feel weird. Like they done that sooner. What would have happened? You know. Which is weird because like you know, given what Deich has accomplished, I would have I almost expected them to ride or die with him. Oh, absolutely. So. I I think the, if I'm not mistaken, he was the longest tenured coach, right? The manager yeah. in the. In, yeah. in, in England for um, yeah. positive. Yeah, he was. So it's crazy to think, though. I mean, I, we, we, we talked about this a little bit pre-podcast. Nine out of 20 managers were sacked this year. Basically, half the league decided to get rid of their manager, which is nuts. Like Watford did – what, they do it twice? <laughs> did they? Oh, seven yeah, of the ten managers sacked then. They got Zisco, rid of Zisco and Ranieri. I forgot about Ranieri. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, so we had ten managers sacked, two by one team. <laughs> Holy crap! Like, dude, imagine for all right for those in the, like United States listeners, if maybe you're just new to this, like the NFL, like that's half the league, like sixty, like imagine the entire conference just got rid of their like all their coaches, head coaches. Yeah, pretty wild. That's bananas. Yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> so there's so much change. It's incredible. I, I wonder what what causes something like that because I feel like that's that's also not unusual for the Premier League though. 
Well, obviously being at the bottom of the league, <laughs> that'll, that'll cause it. Um, you got to do something right. And typically it comes down to motivating your players and getting them at least on board with some type of new philosophy. So that's a catalyst right there. Um, I think beyond that, when you have a team that just generally doesn't respect or mesh with one another or the coach themselves, you're going to ultimately find that. Um, I think you might've seen that with like Rafa Benitez when he was at Everton, they had to get rid of him a little bit earlier in the season. Um, I don't think the team ever wanted to soak up to his play style and him as a coach and given the Liverpool beef and the history, right? Looked think, good early on. I mean, yeah, they did. And they granted they made it out, but it was not, you know, it wasn't a match made in heaven or anything like that. So what do you think of Lampard moving forward with them? I think it's a good intermediary move. I don't think it's the right long-term move. I'm still not convinced by Frank Lampard coaching at the highest level just yet. That's my opinion on Frank Lampard coaching. So. I got you. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I don't. I don't think he'll be there forever either. Um, and watching him at Chelsea for a season and a half, there is definitely sometimes it's just very questionable. But I mean, that listen, that comes with the experience, right? He had one year at Derby, um, right? I think correctly, he had one year with them, made mm-hmm. to the the playoff final, and yep. was so close to bringing them up and stuff. So that's tough to go basically from player to manager and the manager at the top level, like the Premier League's another beast compared to like someone like the MLS or anything like that. So, yeah. I mean, I think if anybody who did it right, it was just another person who was that, that similar scenario, Gerard, who went to a club like Rangers, you know, and was able to build up that pedigree and build up that team and really implement his ideas and stick with them through. Right. Um, it's unfortunate. He didn't get to stick with them through up until the final against Frankfurt, but you know, I think that was like the right way to do it. And I think Lampard still needs more time with like maybe that those types of derbies or whomever to find his own true identity about how he wants to coach. Cause I don't yeah, think he, it, I don't it think feels, he knows if, it yet. Yeah. It feels like he came a little too quick. I think I understand the move to Chelsea, obviously with the background of his yeah. playing career and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It seemed the right, it seemed like the right fit at first. And it kind of was like the first year you're like, yeah, he overachieved no doubt about it. Maybe he was just a player. It, it could be a combination of whatever it was, but um. I wouldn't even be shocked if years later from now we see him back at Chelsea. I still think he has a lot of room to grow as a coach. And oh, absolutely. And yeah, I'm not, not questioning that. I'm saying not like, at the peak of his powers at all. I'm that. saying even five years from now, maybe even ten. Like, but like, I, I highly doubt it's the last time we see him uh, uh, manager at Chelsea. So, mm-hmm. um, any other, anything else you really want to cover? I mean, like some letdowns of this year. Maybe thoughts for next year. Thoughts for next year is everybody pray for. Uh, Pray for your teams when they go up against City. Uh, now that they have Erling Holland, uh, hope you don't get a five bag scored on you because God knows you'll need help. Um, yeah, beyond that, in terms of next year, it'll be super interesting to see. I think that has it hasn't been decided yet if it's going to be Nottingham Forest or Huddersfield. Correct? They're still correct. Yeah, the game is actually this Sunday. It's eleven eleven thirty a.m. To my knowledge, I think you guys, if you have ESPN Plus, you can watch it. I'm not sure if it's on any other channels here in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very curious yeah, so to see how Fulham how Fulham does now that they're back in the prem. Um, I'm excited to watch that. Most, I mean, listen, mostly because of Jetty and, and uh, Tim Reeman stuff and just the American yeah. background there. But I would, I, I can't wait to see Jetty as left back in the Premier League. I really want it. Like that's the best competition for him to be. And yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited. 
Yeah, I think they'll they'll be a really interesting team to watch and a team that I would really look forward to next year, trying to get an idea of how they'll play. Um, and then beyond that, I really, I really think um, I'm kind of curious to see what Arsenal do over the summer. Um, I think like this is like an interesting period for them given how young the squad is, where they're at, what they need. And I want to know what they'll do over the summer. Obviously they need a nine. They're looking at bringing in Jesus. And we talked about this and a few other players, but um, I think this is like that perfect inflection point for them where they need to add that little bit of experience, like similar to like what Spurs went through a couple of years ago with Pochettino, where like they're just missing that one ingredient. And I'm wondering from an Arsenal fan's perspective, how they'll overcome the setbacks that they recently had this season. Not to say like getting fifth wasn't a good achievement, but from where they were to where they finished and what they need now, um, I think it'll really show a lot about Arteta and the way he coaches and the way that they back him. So, yeah, quite a few teams needed a nine. I mean, obviously, Holland, the city, they, they figured out theirs, but I mean, Arsenal is one of them. Chelsea, depending on the Lukaku situation, might be another. Um, Man U, same, same situation. Antonio's getting relatively up in age for, for West Ham. Same with Vardy to Leicester. Maybe Daka takes over the reins there, but Brighton needs one. List goes on and on down down the uh, down the top half of the table, and not even not even counting the bottom half. Yeah, so I think that's kind of a big talking piece for me. And then obviously we're going to no longer see our main man Mike Dean. So we need someone to step up and fill that void. <laughs> that's that's a big void to fill. Big big void. I th- well, what was his final stats? I think it was a red card. At, uh, what was it every? Was it four matches? It, something impressive. Let's just say it was that. pretty good. It was it was actually pretty solid. It was it was the man changed some games. I really wish on the, fi- on the final day of the league he just took over the reins. Like in that city game and the Liverpool game, he was just like red card or like he was on VAR, just like uh uh-uh, uh nope, it ain't <laughs> happening. Just one last controversy, just one to go out on a high like that. Oh, that would be Dude, imagine. I think the Premier League knew that and they were like, you can't rep the city game. <laughs> <laughs> you are not allowed near them, near Liverpool. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you're done. You're, you're going to go. I, I don't know who, I don't know what game he was on, but it basically, he should have only been on like the Leicester Southampton game. And that was it. Yeah. Where there's just absolutely nothing to play for. <laughs> yeah. Like that. That's the only they should be like, like allowed, allowed to go to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on most of that, man. There was a, the only thing I'm 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 obviously just looking forward to next year. I'm really excited for this summer transfer window. I think there's a lot of teams that are like you like you said with Arsenal that are so close to like kind of, kind of turning their tide, like turn the roster, everything going on with them. Newcastle for me, obviously. I'm not saying I'm rooting for them by any means with the oil money situation. Um it'll be interesting to see what they do from a transfer market perspective because they're gonna they're gonna spend. They they will spend. Oh my god, they're gonna spend so much. I mean, the second half of the the uh, table, if you if you just wrapped up all the points, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say they came in fifth. That's disgusting. I will say my my relegation pick for them looked really good at first, but uh, you know you you can't control the 500 million they're gonna get. So yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't predict that. (laughs) What um do you think any of the bottom teams this year get poached out? Burnley, Watford, Norwich, um, any player? We kind of mentioned it a little bit on a previous episode, but now that Burnley's finally confirmed, who do you think leaves there? I mean, I mean, Cornet has to be number one. I would have to assume Cornet or, uh, or Nathan Collins, their defender, maybe Nick Pope, the keeper um, for Burnley. I about Pope, actually. Shit. Those are probably the top three that teams will be circling on. If I had to take a wild guess from Norwich, probably you're looking at Todd Cantwell, 
um, Max Aaron's, um, and then from more, which I, I really don't think there's really anybody else on that team you'd want to look at too in depth. And then from who was it? The third one, Watford, Sar, Watford, Milo Sar, Dennis. Um, that's another good one. That's that's probably that's probably about it on that team. Maybe Musa Suzuko if you want like a depth from like a like a mid tier team perspective, something like that. So, I feel you. I feel you. Anything else, man? We, we there's just so much to cover in this one. Yeah, um, amazing year, amazing podcast end of the season. Obviously, we're going to be covering the U.S. over the summer, some of the games coming up. But um, and every once in a while, drop a podcast if any major transfers happen, transfer news, etc. But it's been a hell of a year to say the least. And thank yeah, you to everybody yeah. who's listened, everybody who's been on the show, even though we kind of cut some of the fan at half hour short. Um, it's greatly appreciated and want to say uh, thank you for supporting us in our first inaugural season. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we won't be taking too much of a break for the most part. We're going to be covering the United States national team up in uh, throughout the June uh, window that they got going on. And then pretty much right after that, transfer windows opened and Premier League uh, pretty much preseason at that point. So. We might, we might take like a two to three week break at the most. Um, after that, though, I mean, there's so, there's so much that's going to be going on that we got to kind of get back into shape again. So Let's wait until the World Cup starts. Then we're totally fucked. <laughs> yeah, life. Got that. <laughs> so. so, yeah, like Mike said, guys, we really appreciate it. If you stuck with us at all this year, even just at certain points or, or throughout the entire thing, we really thank you. Um, we're looking to keep this thing growing as long as possible and as big as possible. So. If you have any, episode. I was going to say, if you have any suggestions, tips, uh, maybe you oh, yeah, want write, write questions to us, please send it via Twitter, DM us, interact with us. We love to have fun. Um, just obviously keep it appropriate. So, uh, you, don't, you don't necessarily have to, but as much as don't possible, get, don't get too out of hand. <laughs> don't put us in a weird spot. <laughs> the fair enough. Please, no weird spots. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. Like, comment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod for daily tweets about the show, world football, the Premier League, and the United States men's national team. I'm your host, Steve, with Mike, signing off.